This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Blitz is defined as a sudden, savage attack. It is indeed all this. The effect is sure. The premise is simple. It's a basic, primal confrontation. Man to man. No excuses are offered. None accepted. Welcome to the latest edition of Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Looks like a radio station. Now, here are your hosts. Lifetime Longhorn Rod Babers. Pure athlete, yeah. I transcend race, hombre. Matt Butler. I don't talk <laughs> man. I back it up. And we are sock full of that, man. Go right. And Jeff Howe. It's still real to me, damn it. <laughs> and that's the bottom line. Because Stone Cold sets up. If you're going to blitz, come strong. But don't come at all. Coming strong with another edition of Longhorn Blitz with Horns 24-7. I am Jeff Howell. Let's not waste any time. Let's get right into it because spring practice is underway. I got a little bit of look at the Longhorns on the field on Monday, the first spring practice. We'll talk about that. And, yes, those two hot-button issues coming out of Sark's availability on Monday, we'll address those. Even though we spent a, a podcast recently talking about one of those extensively, some more that's come out about the Xavier Worthy hand deal, get into quarterbacks and – Talk about a lot of stuff here on the Blitz, but uh, again, not going to waste any time. We'll get right into it. First off, wherever you're listening, however you're listening, thank you so much for tuning in and being a part of this week's presentation of Longhorn Blitz. We thank you, the listener, for keeping us going strong. Um, multiple ways you can get this podcast. The best way, though, is anywhere you get your podcasts. Search Horns 24-7. That's Horns 247. No dashes, no slashes, no spaces. Click that follow button. You get every episode of the Blitz when it drops on Tuesdays, and don't forget to leave us a five-star review and get over to Horns247.com for your spring practice coverage, recruiting coverage, and everything else you need on the Longhorns. Get it at Horns247.com. Let me bring in the rest of the team. He is the master of the soundboard, the drop machine extraordinaire, our lead research analyst on Longhorn Blades, and a daily fantasy guru who informed me today, reinforced that, yes, he will be playing daily fantasy later on this year during the NBA Summer League. He is Matt Butler. How are you, sir? Doing pretty well, man. How about you? I didn't know this. I forgot the summer league comes in so handy during this time of year where there's G League call-ups. And yep, they, the NBA looks like summer league for a couple weeks for a couple teams. Yeah, that it does. Already, Summer league's already started for a few franchises yeah, here Spurs. in early March. Uh, they just <laughs> lost back-to-back to the Rockets on the weekend. Say, how the hell does that happen? Because you tra- win Benaya. Are you the Houston Texans? Why are you trying to win? We're trying to be go winless for Winbinyama. What the hell are you doing? Yeah, I'm trying to pull a. Oh, they've been. They be, that's a sad thing about the Rockets. They're trying to win, it's, and their record's that bad. It's Lovey Smith over there coaching. <laughs> the hell's going Whether on? it's the Texans, the Rockets, or the Astros, the third member of our team is passionate about his hometown, the city of Houston. He's passionate about Longhorn football, and many things you hear him talk about when he's co-hosting Ball Don't Live with Mike Harge each and every weekday 
on the horn from three to seven. But for the purposes of this podcast, he is our lockdown corner here on Longhorn Blitz. Lifetime Longhorn, 2002 UT All-American, 2002 semifinalist for the Jim Thorpe Award. Fourth round draft choice of the New York Giants back in 2003. Spent his NFL career with the Giants, Lions, Bears, Bucks, Broncos, and a year with the Hamilton Tiger Cats of the CFL when he was done with football. He got himself back to Austin, Texas and the 40 Acres where he earned his degree. Whenever that T-ring comes back in, we will make sure he wears it proudly. Nevertheless, he is a card-carrying member of DBU. And when you get that All-American honor recognized by the NCAA, they make sure you get one of those black cards. Number 21 in your program, number one in your hearts, Mr. Rod Babers. I appreciate the intro, brother. It was uh, it was crisp, as always. Crisp. And, and Rod, I'm gonna we're recording this for the podcast. I'm going to video this and put it on our oh. uh, Longhorn Blitz Twitter account. Wow. I brought it. I got a present for you, sir. Man, you're a kind, you're a kind gentleman. I appreciate that. There is the uh, wow. envelope. Shouldn't be that hard to open. I didn't. Don't think I made it that hard to open. I'm but. a weak man these days. Though. I'm old. I'm old. No, oh, those man. those hands are strong. Remember, yeah, so strong you yeah, it struggle like, to hold on to the football. Like, taped up, man. They trying not to make sure nobody breaks into it. Uh, hey, don't want to dent up your card. And I, exactly. It's, a, it's worth about a nickel, man. I want to make sure. I don't know. That's it take a look at that. Value. There it is. It's about 140 legit, nickels. That is your uh, Bowman wow, Bowman Gold rookie card. That is fantastic. It's got the seal from Tops on it everything. So that is an uncirculated card, sir. Man, your boy looks clean on that one, yeah. too. Man, that's when I was Never supposed to be replacing Jason Seahorn. <laughs> well, this is when the white cornerback died. That's when they thought, like, oh, this guy's going to replace it. Nope, it R- did not happen. Rod Babers killed the it white cornerback. That's why Rod's mission and one yeah. of his missions in life has no. been to save the white that is fantastic. Thank you very much, man. It's very kind of you. No problem, Rod. Glad you, you. Thank you so much. It's not every day you can get uh, yeah. one of your friends in life their rookie card. That's so. pretty badass, man. It really is. I, I really do appreciate it. This is a really nice one, too. Yeah. I put it in a nice. Yeah, that was one that I couldn't believe we found it when I w- just during the show when we Googled it because Jeff had been looking for one. He said one hadn't been circulating for sale for a long time and then typed it in. There was one somewhere in the world for sale. That is fantastic. Yeah. I don't know who was keeping this in such great shape, but thank <laughs> you to, to that person, too. Thank you to, to that weirdo out there. <laughs> Who was yeah. keeping that Rod Babers rookie card in such great shape? I really appreciate that. So I'm enjoy that one, Rod. It it's really nice. Yeah, that's legit. Wife feel like that too. I'm gonna show it to him when I get home. Thank you, brother. So I think awesome. uh, I I'm believe really that's not serial number, but I believe the print run on that is like right around 300. I think yeah. is what the oh, golds man, are. That's legit. Thank print you, run on the golds. That's so fantastic. Glad I could do that for you. Been been wanting to do that for a long time. I'd yeah. mentioned I'd mentioned that card on the show before, and they're like. Because Matt will you know, let me know when the podcast drops. And I went home, you know, uploaded it after Matt finished cleaning it up. And it got out that I was looking for that card. And the copy that I'd found that was in good condition, literally like the next morning, it was off my eBay watch list. Somebody had bought it. And I'm like, Ugh. so I'm going to stop hell? talking about stuff that I'm going to buy. I'm just going to not oh, say anything. Oh, that's true. Yeah, because you talk about a lot of stuff yeah. on the show, too, like the tower, actually. And I found, I found you're one. Actually, you're probably affecting the market. You're like Elon <laughs> Musk. Mm. I like, found one. I found one. market around here, man. I found one of your Bowman Golds, but it had a note notation on it. It's like surface scratches, and it was all scratched uh, up. And I'm like, I can't give yeah. Rod that. No, that one's pristine. Matt found this one. There was no photo of it. So I'm like, all right, we're rolling the dice. Let's see what it looks that's like. Ama- whoever that person is, I mean, I'm I like, was that's very, amazing. very happy with that. No, I'm with you. I, honestly, that's one of the – I got a few that's in that kind of condition too, but that's amazing. And I love yeah. the encasing they put it in. Yeah. 
That's a circular man got the tops label on it. Bro, that's uh, thank you very much, man. No problem, yeah. bro. Whenever Any, I have anything kids, for you, man, sir. That'll be like that'll be that'll be in like the will for the kids. <laughs> bro, it's gonna be in the will for the kids, man. That there is you awesome. Go. Yeah, whenever I have some kids, man, you just get like something that's gonna be in the will. So I appreciate that. I'm glad I can contribute to the Babers family inheritance. Legacy. <laughs> it going. It's gonna be a legacy thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's talk about spring ball. You guys want to start with quarterbacks? You want to start with Xavier Worthy first? We got to talk nah, about those two issues before we you know, get into other stuff. You talk about Xavier Worthy probably first. It's okay. going to take up more time. Yeah, well, because the quarterbacks, we all agree what that is. Yeah, you yeah. know what that is. Sensationalism that is. and yeah, 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 yeah. That's a thirst trap. I mean, that's just, and we get it, we get it. You know, I mean, and we understand. Honestly, and it's not totally um, a misleading. It there is there is some you know there's some fact, there's some reasoning to it. behind it. But yeah. it need it, there's a nuanced discussion to that yeah. headline. But it is, I agree. So anyway, so. Sark comes out in the press conference on Monday and says, yes, kind of what we talked about a few weeks ago with Brennan Marion to put it out on Instagram. Uh, Xavier Worthy played. We still don't know when specifically the injury happened, but basically we'll say the last half of the year played through a broken hand. And you can see that it uh, clearly it affected him. Oh, no question. And I pulled some numbers from Pro Football Focus. No uh, Xavier Worthy, he was tied for second in the Big 12 with seven drops. And, again, you can you can get your drop numbers – Wherever you want to get them, I got them from PFF, and again, they could be off, whatever. But this is you, this is what I got. Is um, Xavier Worthy seven drops? That was number two in the Big Twelve. By the way, Quentin Johnson was number one in the Big Twelve with and, eight drops. And to be pointed out it? that always wow. the best receivers have they the most drops because, because the, the they get the targets. Yes, yes exactly. Uh, but if you look at target, you know, targets compared to drops, that's how you get your drop percentage. Mm-hmm. Um, X's drop percentage this year was ten and a half. Compare that, yeah, yeah not good. High. Compare that to 2021 when he had three drops, a drop percentage of 4.6 percent. Yeah, you shouldn't be in double digits. It yeah. doubled. You should it, exactly. That's yeah. number one. It it doubled, but then you as a as a elite receiver yeah. or as a receiver that's in the upper echelon, you shouldn't be in double digits in terms of drop rate. So, Rod, we were talking about this before we started, and kind of, and I talked about this on Light the Tower. Anybody that listens to that program with Craig Way and I, it is a fantastic program. Uh, thank you, Rod. I was, appreciate yes, that it is. today again. Um, Craig Wade's a god. You know, there's a lot of <laughs> <laughs> yes, he is. Yeah, I agree There's a lot of gray area in this because there's a lot of different things you can look at. You can look at how Sark handled it, how Sark announced it, how it impacted X. Uh, Rod, I'll just start with you, Rod, because you, you got to start at the beginning of it. Start at the that start at the beginning okay. of it. I start at the fact that he. Why would he even? throw this out there because it was unsolicited. Okay. I will say this, and, and it, uh, this isn't anything Sark did. It's just one of those things that just happened the way it happened, although they could have scheduled something. But as a media core, we haven't talked to Sark since the bowl game. That's fair. Now, this news might have gotten out a month ago at the signing day press conference. The problem was they ended up canceling the signing day press conference because if you remember on signing day, that was when we were dealing with the ice storm. And it was supposed to be, and then it was changed to a Zoom press conference, and then this. it was, okay, now there's no press conference. Okay. So That's a good point. had there been an opportunity to ask about the X injury, it probably would have been then. Or maybe he could have done something in January, but he's out on the road recruiting and probably no time for a press conference. But It's not a priority. But basically no. you had two full months to figure out if you were going to get it out there, how you were going to get it out there. So you can look at it that way, how Sark handled it. Why, why not leak it? 
That's the thing. It's not like, it's not, it wouldn't be the first time Texas football. No, no, no. I agree with you 100. percent leak it. That's just leak it. And I said this well, about I mean, Sark. Brandon well, Marion well, just confirmed it. No, well, too, hold on. But yeah, this, this is important. You're you're onto something. You're onto something. Um, you know, if you want it out, there. Mac Brown had his guys. If Mac had guys, he would go to that when he wanted something out, he would tell yeah. them and it would get out. Yeah. Tom Herman operated the same way. Charlie's three years, it was just <laughs> you, really you're taking it day by day. Uh, the fact that though that Charlie didn't have somebody like but that even shows Charlie, you the, the dysfunction of the whole Charlie regime. But anyway, continue. But you know, he would sort of coaches have had too. coaches <laughs> have had, and, and, and I'm not saying it's exclusive to Texas. Like you go around the country, no, like that's the way it you know, there are beat reporters that hey, if, if something's going to get out, this NFL, this this guy NFL or this gal, they're going to yeah, they're going to report it first. It's part of the sports industrial complex. Rod, you know when you were with it's the Lions or the different franchises it you've been, everybody's, everybody mm-hmm. knows that beat writer that hey, he's a guy. To he's going to get the story like oh, he got like oh, the team wanted that out. Yeah. And you can tell, like, yes. in the pro level, when an uh, agent wants it out yes. or yes. when a team wants exactly. it out. Like, there are yes. different angles. So the fact that – and I've said this about Sark. I don't – we knew who Tom Herman talked to. We knew who Mac talked to. Even – we kind of knew at times who Charlie would talk to, who they trusted. Mm-hmm. I don't think Sark has a person in the media core, and I don't think he wants to. I can see that. And, and, and I – This may be proof of it. I yeah I I think just kind of piecing some things together from talking to people that were on the USC beat when he was the head coach there, I think the way things ended for him at USC because Sark you go back to his time at Washington even his time at USC he was still doing the Pete Carroll thing where mm-hmm. you can go to practice and you know writers have access to him and everything and I'm not saying it's right or wrong it's just is what it is. It is, what it is. I think he was so number one burned by the way things ended at USC where. Everybody was willing to throw him under the bus, and kind of nobody was there in the court of public story, opinion man. to stand up for him. Yeah, it was one of those stories. And you then I think trust, yeah. getting fully and being at the NFL level, where you know, as a coordinator, you know, you're made available. You got X number of times you have to meet with the media, but that's all you got to do. You don't have to open it up because it's all about the head coach and, and players at, at the NFL level. Yep. And then you go get the full indoctrination from the Nick Saban program, and Saban's got the deal where he doesn't let assistant coaches talk, and everything's going to go through him, and he's got a certain way he runs his program. So I think all of that, I don't think – I think Sark gets to the point where a lot of coaches get to that, look, if I don't win, doesn't matter if I've got the media on my side or not. If I don't win at this job, they're going to fire me anyway. So I, what I totally does it matter? Agree. Yep, I totally agree. So Sark, I don't think, wants a person that he can – Get information to, and I don't think he wants to. Yeah, uh, but he doesn't necessarily. I, I agree with that. That's a good point. But s- certainly, there are times where it would be more beneficial for it to be leaked out or something like that, mm-hmm, rather correct. than you to reveal it yourself as a coach. Yes. Now, my theory is theory. It being the prime, <laughs> that's a very good theory. Term. Though. That's it's all we got to go on, right? Right? Now. Yeah, because I we don't know, we don't have enough information. And real quick, Rod, I'm just gonna say that's that's stuff. assumption on my part about how Sark is is handling things. Exactly. With me. I don't know that for a fact. I'm just assuming that was just the, theory. These are informed theories from people who you know have done research and who are behind the scenes. And Jeff's got a lot of connections and has been working in the media for a long time. So my theory is that it is what we call scouting season behind the scenes. Right? It's when the scouts. Mm-hmm. This is when this is their Super Bowl season, right? So they're, the college coaches are talking to a lot of scouts these days because they're t- the scouts want to know about their guys mm-hmm. who are coming draft, out in the draft also. right now. 
But then that conversation often leads to, hey, so what do you think of my guys I got now? What do you think of Kelvin Banks? What do you think of JT Sanders? What do you think of Xavier Worry? My theory is as scouting season has gone on and Sark has talked to a number of those guys that he hasn't liked what he's heard about their the return reviews on Xavier Worthy. And and he he told those scouts, this is my theory, that, hey, man, you didn't know his hand was broken? And he's not, and I, I think kind of goes to what your theory is, I don't think Sark's actually keeping up with the media and stuff as, yeah. as much as, as much, I'm sure there's somebody in his staff who is, John Bianco. Uh, yes. <laughs> but he's not necessarily, and it probably right now is of no consequence to him, just doesn't matter yeah. as much to him. And we know there were some coaches where it did matter to them very much what was being said. And with that, with that point out there, maybe he didn't know that the media had, at least the headline of, of the narrative of Xavier Worthy's hand, had not really been a, a more discussed topic among um, local media and even national media. And he, he probably talked to more than one scout, and he was like, oh, he had to tell them, hey, man, he broke his hand. You didn't know that? That's why he was dropping passes. That's what happened. And then he's like, oh, man, I got to tell – I got I to gotta make this a national story. I got to put that out there. Yeah, we can't have it just mm-hmm. say worthy's falling off. Yeah, and I, what's yeah, wrong with him? I, is yeah, he and if you're going to put up this negative narrative about him, yeah, let yeah. me just throw it out there right now to counter, oh, that's what happened. He's healthy now, and he's about to have a bounce-back season now, like I said, this is my theory, but like I said that's why I think he was motivated to go. Yeah, I'm doing it, and he he it was unsolicited, and he was like, I'm putting it out there because I think it was him who has those conversations with the you know with the NFL guys. He's an NFL guy too. He's got mm-hmm. NFL stripes as well, mm-hmm. and they're having certain frank conversations about, yeah. hey man, you might need a job one day in the NFL. Tell me the real. Don't give me that BS about this guy because he seems like right now he's regressing. And so I was like, no, 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 no man. He, he is a real. He can play at the next level. He, he, he's, he's just like Devontae Smith. He's undersized, but he's got great play strength. He's an NFL guy. He's got a Sunday skill set. His hand was broken. That was going on. And I think he, he felt a sense of urgency because we know Sark loves Xavier Worthy. Yes. Mm-hmm. We know now, not only because he brought him here, but behind the scenes there have been several rumors, more than anything, conjecture, whatever you want to call it, that he was being – actually, I think he's confirmed a couple of times that he was being wooed by other programs yeah. when they was asked, like, how much is somebody off you? So, and I think that – and the rumors are that that's happened multiple times mm-hmm. and that, you know, you want to keep having So kind of – that's just that's – one, that's one of my theories. I got a couple of theories about this. That's one of them. Yeah. <laughs> that's the reason I think it started, why he had to get it out there. It's got to be out there. I think you should have leaked it, though. I think yeah. you should have leaked it, man. Just leak it. Give it to one of these great media uh, people who that's they. You're not a guy who likes to break stories. You got connections and, and sources, and you hear stuff, but you don't break stories. Give no. it to somebody who breaks stories. That's right there. Give, give, give it to both. Give it to all of them. Give yeah. it to all the breaking Earlier story guys for every entity at Texas. And say here, here's a story. Break it and do what the hell you want to do. Like honestly, like when Tom Her- <laughs> when Tom Herman was a coach, I can tell you straight up when Tom Herman was a coach. Um, if Pete Thamel or Bruce Feldman reported something, take it to the bank, and, and we'll be able to confirm it because that's who Tom Herman wanted to go through. Exactly. And now, should, you probably, go should you probably go through a local media member? You can debate that, but those are the people he went to. He went to Pete Thamel and or Bruce Feldman. And that's why those guys, when it's like late Friday night, you see them tweet about which players are going to be out. They're getting you know all their tech spec the same way Schefter does it the Saturday night before Sunday games to where you all have those connections. But, you know, I mean, when we talked about this a month ago when it was – First, the cast on the hand, and then seeing the Brennan Marion Instagram thing. You know, that's why we were talking at the time. Like, we aren't making excuses for Xavier. We were trying to 
get an explanation because yep. you normally don't just have a fall off in production or have a guy look so good and then you are befuddled as to why like these open you know passes in are just dropped or just whatever the issue is and you look at even the numbers like you don't know when it happened but I'd venture to guess it happened somewhere between that you know Oklahoma and Oklahoma State game because look at the beginning of the year his numbers were just great they were potent he was putting up big numbers and then you saw after the West Virginia game against Oklahoma it wasn't that active in the you know his, his lowest targets was six that's until like the Kansas game later in the season but then he got some high target games but with not much production and by the time the Oklahoma State game from then down I mean it's a tale of two different seasons inside of it so if you just looked at what happened in the season you could see there was a drop off and then when after the season you get some evidence it sort of makes some sense and then it did take a while and rod your theory i think is the best one as to why it comes out now and maybe you know at the time like you always talk about like say competitive advantage or what like at the time you don't necessarily need to leak it during the season no. but at some no. point after the season to because you are talking about your players that you're getting them to texas you want to make them further their careers there has wins. to be a reason yeah. <laughs> as to why this happened and it took some time but it makes most sense that it would come out now whenever you're having those big evaluations because next year where these going to be draft or yeah. you know draft eligible so you would think that the scouts are asking about him now because while we have him on the phone we got to find out what happened i think stark assumed and and maybe you know john bianco too everybody's assumed like oh it was already out there and it's known and then maybe it wasn't known because guys maybe not doing that that deep dive yet on xavier yeah. worthy and, and yeah. maybe they just didn't know exit we discussed it but you know I know Sark listens to the shows. I'm just joking. But I'm just saying, like, <laughs> yeah, we, we discussed it. But, yeah, I can understand why people didn't think, like, oh, no, that's the reason why Xavier Worthy regressed because it was a dramatic regression. And, un- unfortunately, there were, it, it actually ended on a down a downward spiral. actually yes. ended with a you know cataclysm, if you will, in the Alamo Bowl. Yeah. Where on a even national though he had stage, seven for 84, he had two huge drops. He had two huge drops, and people were like, man, what was up with that? That's crazy. You could have won the game if he could have uh, potentially caught those balls. That could have changed everything. So um, I, I think for Xavier Worthy, I, I always thought Xavier Worthy was a great receiver. I, I was a big fan. Um, but I knew something was going on, and we all knew something was going on. I, I'm glad he confirmed it, honestly. I think, I think the injury, this is a theory, and it ties in what Matt said. I think if the injury happened, I think it happened in the Oklahoma State game. Okay. Because if you look at it, he had the fumble against K State. TCU game, the passing game just wasn't clicking. Two drops, and then the drops against Washington. Three. I, I think it happened in the Oklahoma State game. Yeah, and if anything, maybe even further back to the Oklahoma, just because before the Oklahoma game, he had one drop. From that game on, he had six and the fumble. But yeah, that's it's fair. somewhere in that middle of the season area. Okay, and it so then okay, if that is the case, we're just going off. We're just hypothesizing, just going off theories here because we nobody has enough information to put it all together we're just kind of piecemealing it Mm -hmm. if that was the case for sark and you learn about the hand the broken hand why wasn't there because i i love sark for not revealing it during the season you cannot reveal that information during the season. i'm a defensive back man i'm going after that (laughs) hand yeah I'm going after that hand, dude. Jamming I'm going to oh, jam it. If I, I find it's the right hand, I'm going to grab chop. it. I'm going I'm to you know, pull it. I'm going to punch it. 
Oh man! Every I'm time a, you go for a ball, I'm messing that hand up. It will be a target for every defender out there. Yeah. You don't want to do that. Yeah. I t- so yeah, I get I get why you should not do that. So people are saying, well, then it doesn't mean you did. No, we don't talk about that. This is not the NFL. Yeah. So, <laughs> the NFL may force you to do that stuff. The college and they still doesn't. lie. They still hide and those things. Hide. Yeah, you, you got to hide as much as you can when it comes to that kind of stuff. Because honestly, football is a brutal game. The truth is, as defenders, I will tell you, we target that stuff. That guy's got a sore shoulder. And when it's hey, a it's, hand, you're I'm already not, punching not, you don't, it. You don't play dirty, but within the rules, hey, I can hit that, so I'm gonna hit it. Can I'm I tell you guys? I got how many snaps I got? I got 45. I got 60, 70 snaps. Oh, I'm gonna hit it every damn time I can. Can I tell you, you guys? Yeah. Play, you blocking me? Are you gonna put your hands on me? Yeah. <laughs> Get off <laughs> me. <laughs> right? Yeah, it's just the yeah. reality of it. Can right? I tell you guys something real quick? You'll, you'll be mangled. You'll be looking yeah. like a dude from Scary Movie by the time we know. It was a strong hand. Uh, no, but really, real quick on, on that on that front, Rod. Uh, I can tell this now because it's been over ten years. We had a conversation about that with Mac Brown. If you remember the 2011 season, you remember between the Texas Tech and Missouri game, like the Joe Bergeron hamstring deal. Oh yeah, and I think you had Malcolm Brown. What did Malcolm have? Was a toe? I think. Basically, Mac was talking about the three running backs, and then he had one by the time he got to Missouri, and then Fozzie got hurt in the Missouri game. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. And we had, we had a talk with Mac where Mac made everybody shut off the cameras, shut off your mm-hmm. recorders. And it's just Mac talking to us. And he said, how would you guys like me to handle injuries to make it easier on me, make it easier on you? And we said, I I was one of the people that said simply this. I'm like, if a guy's going to be out, like you know he's out, tell us he's out. Yeah. If you don't know, I would rather you not say anything than lie. Yeah. Just don't say anything. Yeah. That's a good point. That's a gray area. Well, in college football still has the big gray area where, like, in the NFL, like you're saying, you at least have to every day go limited or in practice, and it can be vague. But, you, I mean, it's why the Patriots, they just go and put everybody questionable. Because if you lie, and and our report, and we look stupid, it's like, well, where would you get that information? The head coach said it publicly (laughs) two days ago. (laughs) In college, you aren't required to have it. But now that we've had betting and daily fantasy getting more involved, you're going to see some standardization Going forward. Max last two years, Friday night. Rod, you remember this? Friday night. That's why we started getting the Friday night injury report. Remember that? They would send it out Friday evening uh, before the game. Yeah. That's why we started getting that. So, so, and so are out. So, and so, and so will be a game time decision, whatever. And, and Mac was just a very uh, media conscious coach. Yeah. And if, it was really good for him, actually. It, worked, it, it really, I mean, he was just a mastermind at being a CEO, and that was just part of the skill set, mm-hmm. but he was very media conscious, and that's and you guys had, I'm sure, more appreciation for Max. Like, man, at least he had the conversation. I'm, I mean, I get everything I want out of that, but at least I, I got clarity as a member of the media as to how he wants to handle it. Yeah. So I, I I'm with you. I think that's, I, I didn't know that actually. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I've, I've had for that. I've had, and I, I haven't had. I was, I haven't had run-ins with coaches, but I've had coaches on the oh, forty where it's been like, you know. It's not I'm not doing like the Adam Schefter thing with Bruce Allen, but it's like, look, just tell me how you want me to word this. Exactly. Yeah. So that way we both don't look stupid. Yeah, yeah. I'm not I'm not trying to make y'all look bad. Yeah. yeah. I'm just trying to do my job and that's it. They yeah. try to make nobody look bad. To your point, the worst case scenario is like how the Big Ten still is like two decades behind us. Like we watch how Jim Harbaugh he's like, Oh yeah, Blake Corum's playing and he goes out there like for one play against Ohio State. <laughs> he obviously can't run and it's then like, he's whoa. done for the game. Technically, but technically like, you were right. Coach, and the same right? thing <laughs> it would happen with Ohio State when they did it with their running backs, like there are some schools 
schools that just still won't share anything. But again, like Tom Herman was very forthcoming with injury information because yeah. that's the way he wanted to run it. And it, I'm the head coach. If this information is going to get out, it's going to come from me, yeah. and I will control the narrative. Yeah, which I don't mind that either. That's fine. Back up their own stuff. That's fine. Yeah. So I just think, well, like you said, that's a great point about the gap, though, that has existed, which is not Sark's fault at all, that we've had before we wanted to get the information out. I said just another option would have been leaking it, possibly yeah. other than, but maybe, like you said, he doesn't got anybody he trusts yep. within the media. That yet. I know of. I that mean, and I'm being honest of. with the listening well, audience that I know just, of. We're yeah. theorizing here. Yeah. So, you know, otherwise, we're just talking about you know just salacious gossip yeah. pretty much. But our theory is that I agree with your theory that maybe – Early on, because remember, he didn't get any any friends in the media during the five and seven season. No, nope. <laughs> well, I'm sure at that time he was feeling really insecure. But you also got to remember position. too, Rod. We didn't that first year. We didn't get a lot of FaceTime with Sark because we're still dealing with COVID stuff. Exactly. So yeah, it's a good point. So I just think I, I think your theory is dead smack on. I love it. I think you hit the nail on the head there. Um. So when you look at Xavier Worthy, I agree with you, Rod. I think a lot, I think some of it's got to do with NF, with the NFL stuff. I still go back to what we said a few podcasts ago, and I do wonder, and again, we're just speculating, I do wonder if there was a conversation at some point between Sark and X where, and I, again, I don't know that this took place. I'm just speculating. Mm-hmm. Did a conversation happen between those two, and did X say, I don't want it out there, I don't want it to sound like an excuse? Could be. Why it didn't come out immediately after the game? Yeah. Yep. Like right I after, agree. That's what like right after the bowl game, Sark's like, well, yeah, he dro- had some drops, but the guy's been playing with a broken hand all year. That's what it sounds like. Yeah. I'm going to tell you right now, after the game, after you lo- just lost to Washington, it's exactly what it would sound like. It would sound like an excuse. Yeah. So I can see why that went, why Sark wouldn't want, and it would seem like Sark's blaming the player. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So and I think team. Sark wouldn't have wanted that. Yeah, Sark wants, if it's a loss, it's a team loss. It ain't just on one guy. It ain't, ain't just on one coach. Um, so I don't think he wanted it to seem any narrative develop, whether he's blaming a, a, a guy or a player, which, and that's his guy. He loves him some X-Men. And, or the fact that, uh, good point, maybe X-Men, like, nah, I ain't, no, man, no excuses. It's, just, yeah. it's, it's football. Yep. Everybody, everybody, if you're playing, you got You expect it to produce to a certain level. That's it. That's, yep. the, that's the game. That's why it's tough. Yeah. And that's, that's a hard game. <laughs> and that's why when you look at the numbers, I think it might have been something that was just maybe some hand discomfort, or you know, you know, when you jam a thumb, or it's just the way that basketball players like throughout a season, you'll see like they'll have major hand issues. Wide receivers, like you to see Torrey Holt and those guys where their fingers are at the end of their career, but like. This is something that could easily maybe have been a discomfort, you know, halfway through the season. But then by the time that it's game upon game upon game, you go and look. And I mean, it was until the TCU game, he only had two drops in the first 10 weeks. Then he had five in the last four games. So, like, there it just go. accumulate getting worse each week. And by the end of it, you're still fighting through it because you know that you can actually go get it. Like, he can literally impact the defense the way Deshaun Jackson is signed by the Ravens once Duvernay's out and Bateman's out because he can just run vertically and impact the defense, yet still not be as impactful or be as good or be the X-Man as you want. It's just at that point, play calling, quarterback. I mean, he's roommates with the quarterback. The quarterback knows that he has a hand issue. That's why I think this is something that probably just got progressively worse to where by the end of the year, yeah, it's broken. You have to fix that, it. That's a question for Sark, though, Again, a theory. As a, as, as, you know, a coach. He's got to make these tough decisions. Yep. I would say a coach is just, you know, football coach is a problem solver. All right, you got to solve mm-hmm. the problem. You know, what were the possible solutions to m- – to remedy the regression in the passing game, which I think a lot of it we we agree was 
you know, Xavier Worthy's now hand injury, mm-hmm. yeah. whatever it may may have been. And I didn't see, and we even talked about it on the show, I didn't see the passing game evolve or change very much yeah. as a result of now what we have found out, this new information. Yeah. You would have thought, okay, hand injury, why are we still force-feeding him the football and why – or are his usage rates still really, really high? Yeah. Why are you funneling all, you know, all of those targets to him? Why not start to highlight, you know, a, a, a Jordan Whittington, mm-hmm. uh, a JT? You said JT Sanders got the best hands on the team, yet you're forced feeding the football to a one-handed man. And two, and two good ones. He got two good <laughs> ones. Boy, and here, great ones, you know? And, you know, you look at B. John Robinson. You're on the record for saying running backs are the most underutilized asset in the passing game, underutilized weapon in the passing game. Yeah, and he yet got two you good got ones the, as far as I know. Yeah, you two got good the ones. ultimate weapon, and yet we all agree, yeah, B. John Robinson was probably underutilized in the passing game. Agreed. That was in the perfect time to go, all right, you know, B. John, we showed everybody you can run. and We're still going to do that. Let's start showing you off another way now. Now we're going to show you off. We're going to show everybody that since this guy going to be a slot wide receiver, he can do that. Y'all think Jameer Gibbs is that guy? No, no, Bijan's that guy. Perfect time to do it. That didn't happen either. So my point was it, those were options that I don't know if they were considered. I, I don't. They did, they def, I didn't see much of that. In some games, the adjustment was those guys specifically. But, man, you had the all, you had a all Big 12 tight end. You had a healthy Jay Witt for the first time in a long time. Yeah. You had Bijan Robinson, the ultimate weapon. And don't act like taking Bijan out in the backfield and just keeping Rojan back there would not have just been you know, still adequate to not just as effective because that yeah. guy's an NFL running back too. So there were options, and I yep. just don't think that he considered those options. There were, con- you know, seriously. Yeah, there were three. Uh, f- well, let me count this. There were three games where we saw the adjustment happen. Yeah, uh, or four. K State Bijan just they're just I would Bijan carried third thirty times, twenty eight times, something like that against K State. So you just That's turn around and ball to Bijan. Yeah. TCU the passing game adjustment Jay was Witt. you started to find Jay Witt, you started to find Jatavian Sanders. You just did it way too late. Yeah. You just ran out of time. Yeah. Uh, the Baylor game. The Baylor game was the one where Quinn just had a pretty forgettable day that day, mm-hmm. and oh, Sark's like, you did. know what? I'm gonna just. I'm deciding right now that rather than put the ball in the air, it's better to give it to Bijan and basically Rojo. Roshan Johnson on one good ankle. That's how we're gonna win this football game. Yep. Well, and and, and the bowl throw- game. Well, hold on, just real quick. The cool. bowl game. Remember, we talked about the adjustment was they started taking the short and intermediate stuff, but that's because they had to. You don't. You didn't have Bijan or Roshan to turn around and hand the ball to. So it's like you either move the ball this way or you don't move it. That's true. But and but to their credit, they did. Yeah, and statistically, you can look at definitely by the end of the year the drop off in Worthy's A dot because his A dot. I mean, he had what four game, five games that was more than twenty. He had two that were over eighteen. So you're talking an average over twenty all the way across until you get. Now, the Kansas game, you just had Bijan run all over. Just throw that one out, yeah. yeah, But he still had it drop down to Mm 13.3. The Baylor game, his average depth of target at the end of the year, 2.4. He wasn't being used at all down the threat. crazy. Worthy had eight targets, seven receptions for 62 yards. His depth of target was 2.4. And, I mean, we're talking 25.9, 21.4, 21. Those are the first three games of the year. 14.8, 18.9, 14.5. He had 13.3 against Iowa State. Then uh, 21.7, 22.5, 18.3. Like, those are huge numbers. For that in the Baylor game to be down to 2.4, 
it was obvious they changed the game plan and knew Worthy couldn't be targeted down the field to catch it. And then maybe because of the bowl game, it, you had three weeks. Maybe he thought he healed up because his depth of target went back up to 16. But the one anomaly was the last game of the year to where I think you could maybe look at that and be like, all right, they changed up that game plan because they knew that they couldn't rely on him catching the deep ball. I do want to bring up something else. And, uh, Rod, I sent you and Harz this audio because I had seen this on Twitter uh, about, I don't know, about a half hour or so before Harz texted me. And, yeah, I've got a group, I've got a group text with, Myself and the ball don't lie, guys. Oh, sometimes, sometimes if I see something that I think you guys need to know about, or I can contribute something to make myself useful, mm-hmm. um, I like to do it. Much appreciated. But uh, Jim Fortuno from the Associated, he's uh, in uh, the Austin-based Associated Press reporter. Good dude, great reporter. Uh, Jim had an exchange with Sark, which was omitted from the YouTube clip from the availability that you'll see, and Jim transcribed it. And I don't know, you can go to uh, this would be our number one, the first Longhorn notebook on Light the Tower. I'll put this at put, try to put this up at Horns 24 7 if I remember. But the audio, we got we got the audio multiple places. You can get it. Rod, are y'all going to use this on Bald Online? I believe we will. Okay. Yeah. So check out Bald Online too. Um, they'll have it up. So, okay. So Sark gets done talking about we're going to see a, a new, better Xavier Worthy, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Jim's question says, why was there secrecy about that? Sartre's, and, and this is, doesn't put it in, you can't tell inflection and things, so take this how you will. It says, why was there secrecy about that? Sark, because I don't have to tell you. <laughs> AP, okay, I understand that. But, <laughs> but, exa- that. but Xavier clearly had a year that people were kind of questioning what was going on with him. This would have been a pretty big development. Sark, Rod, to your point, our opponents would have known too. AP, okay, Sark, we have a lot of injuries that can occur on our team that may not keep a player out that we don't disclose, A, to protect the player, and B, to protect the program. Yeah. Kirk Bowles from the Austin American Statesman followed up, said, asked in hindsight, do you wish you'd have played somebody else? Sark, I felt like he was the best option. Yeah, makes sense. Um, I don't disagree with him being the best option, but... It, uh, <laughs> it's why Nayor would have been so big if he uh, yeah. had another vertical threat because there but is no more vertical threat after Moore and Thompson left last year. It's the, it's the quote I always say about football. Like football and life are constant struggles between what we want to be and what we need to be. Mm-hmm. I know what you want to be, Sark, and I get it. He can play. But you know, is, at what level can he play? Now, is he better on some plays as a decoy? <laughs> better than being the featured target on that specific play? I would think so yeah. mm-hmm. um, at times, and I don't know if there was enough of that. I mean, so now you're talking about there were times where he was being thrown to in double coverage with a broken hand. That, to me, seems a little extreme. <laughs> yeah, and, and you can— <laughs> The double coverage yeah. thing, I was like, okay, you know what? That's his guy. He believes in Xavier Worthy. He believes he's better than any other receiver. They're going to force-feed him the football no matter what. I get it. But then I'm like, hold up. So there's potentially— you were throwing in double coverage got to a guy with a broken hand. All right, okay, now I'm going to need you to make the necessary adjustments. So for Sark, I think, yes, you want Xavier Worry to be that guy and to be that threat in the passing game, but he wasn't. But the still point is the defense didn't know that. Yeah. So yeah. you could have used that. You didn't use enough of that, in yeah. my opinion, to help highlight and weaponize right. the players. And the that's why I think it is, escalated that's all the, the way. By the end of the year, I think it was like, 
obviously in the Baylor game, hampering him to where he couldn't be used the way that they had been. It just took him a while to either learn that lesson or to like have worthy, you know, his pain hit a threshold that then was impacting his play a ton. And then, you, you know, to your point, Matt, who probably, who probably thought with the weeks to heal up for the bowl game, wasn't catching a ball or anything, probably thought he was fine. And But I think Sark mentioning that, let me find the quote again. We have a lot of injuries that can occur on our team that may not keep a player out, which when we talked about this before, we're like, okay, what was the severity of it? I'm not doubting that it was a broken hand or a broken bone, but Rod, how many times have you heard the trainer, a trainer and a coach have this discussion? And I'm not saying this happened. I'm saying I'm speculating. These are all theories. It's the conversation. Well, how bad is it? Well, I mean, I mean, it's bad, but it's not going to get any worse. Yeah. You heard it, you injured. Yeah. Are you hurt or injured? That is, we, well, yeah. Go back to the program. Yeah. You hurt or you injured, there is a difference. If you are hurt, that means you can play. You just It's a pain tolerance thing, and yeah. you want to play through the pain. If you're injured, you can't play. Yeah. All right? You're better off on the sideline healing, and we can let the guy behind mm-hmm. you get a shot. Most football players will tell you. This is another thing, too. I don't know what Xavier Worthy and how forthcoming Xavier Worthy was. Yeah, that's, I right. Right I was now, that's really tough. As a player, you're not real honest. About that kind of stuff. You when it's a not. pain threshold, you can't yeah. x-ray Coach pain threshold. going to tell you, oh, can you go? Hell yeah, I can go. Does it hurt? Yeah, it can hurt, but I got this. You're telling me the and truth? Like, yes, sir. Eh, you got that, but I, I'm glad, you know, now they have an NFL wide receiving coach who's from the league. They can tell exactly where they're like, hey, man, honestly, you probably potentially did more harm than good just yeah. in, in, in that situation because, you know, a, a, I would say not only could Coach have changed, I think, kind of the – no, no, the, the the real theme of the offense, if you will, and the identity of the offense, the passing game specifically, but also maybe a guy behind you could have done better, but they could have at least let him be a decoy. He could have been a hell of a decoy yeah. on a lot of those plays. And, hell, he was instead of being the featured guy, that seems you, strange. You can't say this about Jaywood because Jaywood was at least out there, but if I'm like, if I'm Casey Kane or Brendan Thompson or Savion Red, I'm like, so you're basically telling me, that a guy with one hand is a better option than me. It's like when that dude from Oregon State got drafted ahead of me who had got, <laughs> who got shot, shot. <laughs> like three weeks before. Like, hold on, that guy got shot. He's in, I think he's like he's still in the hospital. Who's like, higher on the board? Dennis well, Weathersby. Weathersby's, Weathersby's higher on the board, coach, but okay. he got shot. Who's higher on uh, the board? I guess like, that's that guy. Yeah. Let's take the guy on life support then so, over Babers, I, feel, I so, guess. Yeah, I'm with you on that. That's it's a little insulting. Those guys that start committed, like, hey, he's the better option. And, you know, my thing was – if you're trying to, and it's like, it's a theory. This is a theory. I hope you're not trying. This wasn't some attempt to try to please Xavier Worthy, too, um, and keep him invested and motivated in an NIL transfer portal era that we live in. It's something that at least must be brought up and discussed. That. You're trying to keep a player invested. We talk about it all the time. No, you need to keep that player invested. He wants to stay on campus. He doesn't want to leave. There have been several reports about my man Xavier Worthy, all right, exploring potentially interested in the free agent market. And you're right. Sark did address that last offseason. Right, the transfer portal in the NIL world. So I hope it's not some attempt to, no, i got to keep him invested because if I stop targeting him and then, or if I bench him for him being hurt, he's going to be like, oh, you bet. Well, Well, you know what? Um, I'm, I might think about the greener pastures. Yeah, I mean, and A.D. I, Mitchell just, just came to Texas after winning a national championship yeah, and being so, that impactful. Yeah, it so, happens. And, but, and, but you know what? That's if one player is that, you know, if one player is that influential, 
um, on decisions. Like I said, this is a theory. Then, yeah, doing what they did with the wide receiver room makes perfect sense. Like, we just got to load it up with talent. Yeah. Um, because, like I said, I, it's just a theory, but I hope that's not one of the reasons also that he was being double, he was being double teamed with a broken hand and still force-feeding him the football. Because that doesn't make sense. But you're right, Rod. There's a, <laughs> there's a lot of layers to it. Like, maybe he didn't say anything. Yeah. You know, maybe it got players worse hide injuries over all the time. time. Players hide, well, not hide injuries, but I don't just don't, I'm just going to not tell you the severity of it. No, I yeah. can still go. And it's like, dude, like, you like, really can't go. It doesn't matter what level of football you played at, uh, high school, college, the NFL. If you played at any level of football, you played through an injury, and your coach has told you afterwards, I appreciate your courage, but that was stupid. You should have said something. Should have said something. But yeah. most guys are like, no, I'm playing. Yeah. Uh, so I, I get that. As, uh, they take guys' helmets away in the NFL now. Well, yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah. you look at I mean, LeBron's foot injury. He was playing really hard through it, trying he to did. get the Lakers in. And then that he tears a tendon that's three weeks. Like right now, Jordan yeah. Clarkson, who's from San Antonio, he's a guy that everybody knows there's nobody that likes to shoot a ball in basketball more than Jordan Clarkson. He's never passes the ball. Boy, his coach the other night was like, yeah, we knew his hand, something had to be wrong with the pad on his thumb because he had the most assists of his career. He had 10 assists. He's (laughs) passing the ball, but he's still out there for his team, and they could tell by the way that he was impacting the game, doing the best he could, but it also was changed in the way that he was able to impact the game. Taking the football with two events, sometimes if you're a coach, you've got to protect players from themselves. Yeah, Mike McDaniel had to look at film on a Tuesday and be like, go back and talk to Tua and be like, hey, Tua. Yeah. Are you okay? You were making decisions that were not right, and he was playing with the concussion. Yeah, I don't know if it was just one, you know, v- factor that led to, you know, Sark delivering the news the way he did, and ultimately, I don't know if there is one factor that it, that led to us now in retrospect looking at the season going. So he had a broken hand and still funneling the usage, the target rate. None of that really. The off passing game really didn't change. All of this is us just having kind of a conspiracy yeah. theory x you know the kind of x-files version of you know, texas uh, law and blitz yeah. here <laughs> you know the you know the other layer of this though rod that i've been thinking about as we talked through it the other thing you got to get to like you said you know well you got a guy that's double covered throwing it throwing it to him with one hand like why why are you doing that well then it's like okay is that quinn's just the struggles he was having and was that his inability to run the offense the way it should have been run which then brings up the question again should you have made a quarterback change at some point? I, don't, I mean, I I'm, I guess you know? I'm in the minority yeah. that thinking Quinn had a pretty good season. I mean, you look at some of the numbers, like him under pressure, like the only time he ever had issues was when the offensive line wasn't protecting him. And he, I mean, then now when you have the highest drop, like you look at his drop rate, there was no other quarterback in the nation that had his wide receivers drop more than like 3.8% of his passes. Quinn had 6.2% of his passes were dropped, which is an astronomically higher rate to where, like, yeah, at times I think that he could have played better, but I think it's been way overblown how bad he's been. You know, and I'm not saying, I'm not saying, I'm not, me personally, I'm not saying that I would have done it, but Sark has said publicly that he didn't entertain quarterback changes at some point. No. But did he? Did you have to think about that? And again, but then that goes to the point. Maybe he didn't know about X's hand. Maybe X didn't say anything. I I don't know. There's so a we don't little, know the timeline. There there is a, know, yeah. He did not reveal the timeline. There is a a metric crap ton of gray area yes. in this, which is which is the bottom line. Yeah, and I you know I'll also throw out there because I'm with you about the, the quarterback thing. We we discussed that on the show before too. I think he wanted to avoid at the time 
quarterback controversies. Uh, so, he, you know, even though Hudson Card came in and played really well, I think he wanted to avoid that overall. To your yeah, point, Matt, Queen about would be the long term. Yeah, guy. so he said, like, "I want to get because he knew Hudson Card's going to be out. He's out, he's out of here yeah. anyway. Unless he totally the job is his. He's yeah. like, I'm not awarding this, especially with Arch coming. Yeah. I'm not giving this damn job to anybody, which we'll get to in a second. To your point, Matt, about mm-hmm. Quinn's drop rate. Think about the snaps Hudson Card played last year and the high percentage throws Hudson Card got off. Mm-hmm. Do you realize just in terms of I'm going to just look at raw numbers of drops. Do you realize Texas as a team? was tied for the third fewest drops in the Big 12 last year. That's impressive. That is impressive considering X-Man having so many. They had for eight, him, for 18, him. and X had seven of them. So he had almost half. Wow. Yeah, and it seems as if all of those were on Quinn's passes and not yeah. cards. Yeah, oh, pretty much. It's crazy. Yeah, which also, because we don't know now in practice. He also how, has a rocket. We don't know how practice was handled either. That's another random variable to throw out there into the – uncertainty of all of this madness, but we don't know in practice what they were doing. I don't know how much Xavier Worthy was practicing with the broken hand. (laughs) Quinn Ewers was injured for, what, four weeks or whatever he was. He was out Mm -hmm. for a month or so anyway. You even got Sark saying on Monday, he was saying, well, I mean, there were, you worked out, there were practices where, where, you know, we used him less, didn't, he didn't, you know, touch yeah. a football. Which we you know now that lack of chemistry makes a ton of sense. Yeah. It's like, oh, they're roommates. It was like, yeah, but they ain't practiced together. So, mm-hmm. One guy's been hurt for a few, five or six months. And right around that time, we're theorizing that's what Xavier Worthy got. When he exactly. comes back, well, how Xavier much, Worthy how much was hurt. some? Is he only, is he only doing team periods? Is he just practicing Tuesday and then Wednesday and Thursday? He's not practicing. Like, we don't know. But we then when know. you're there and you know, the normal rule, if you don't practice, you don't play. But when they're your best two players, you sort of got to get those guys out there on the field. So just like you're pointing out, those two timetables didn't work in Texas's favor whatsoever. Well, then I guess Sark would have had to know if they were managing, if they were managing his practice or practice reps, he would have had to have known. No, what I'm saying, exactly. I think yeah. I know. I thought Sark knew it, but he you know the severity. Yeah, that's the whole point. Yeah. Like the severity of it is Xavier Worthy hiding some of that, which, like I said, as a football player, I totally get. I would have been hiding yeah. injuries too. I'm just trying to get on the field. All right, we uh, we talked a lot about Xavier Worthy's strong hand, and I, I don't say that demeaning. X it's just <laughs> go back and watch Scary Movie Two, find it on YouTube, and you'll see what we're talking that's about. That's a great. Song. Who's gonna make? Who's gonna make the uh, the GIF or or whatever or the meme with? Xavier Worthy running down and running routes with a strong hand. You know it's I think coming, it's right? It's incorrect these days. Is it really? I don't know. These days, everything is politically incorrect. Not, I don't think you, I think if you just call it the strong hand, I think you're fine. Oh, man, they canceled Lincoln. They're trying to cancel mm-hmm. Abraham Lincoln out there, man. People are doing it insane about that kind of am stuff. I, am I about to get canceled? You, you might have. Me? You might have already, yeah. already too late. Surprised but I, I haven't been to this point yet. Uh, I'm just joking. Uh, no, but anyway, let's talk about quarterbacks. And I don't know that there's that much to say about it because, again, if you look at Sark's, the way the question was phrased, which is, is quarterback an open competition? And Sark's response was like, well, I mean, all positions are open. What else is he going to say the first day of spring practice? Like, nope, nope, I, you know, Quinn's our guy. And, you know, Arch, we're going we're gonna to redshirt Arch. Just, we're, 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 we're it's, fine. It's the I'm best possible statement when you have a celebrity quarterback coming in. It doesn't happen too often because there aren't that many celebrity quarterbacks uh, there are more and more with social media and all that kind of stuff. When you got a celebrity quarterback coming in, the best thing for them in a transfer portal era, NIL era, all that kind of stuff, is to say it's an open competition. It's just easier that way. It also is good for the culture of the team. That everything. I think even Mac Brown would throw that out there back in the day. 
And I'm like, ain't my 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 damn job ain't open. Maybe some of these other jobs <laughs> is open. But my Kelvin Banks' job ain't open. He's kind of like I feel like Kelvin Banks' job. J T. Sanders' job ain't open. Yeah. you know what I mean. Like yes, it, it, we know, Xavier Xavier yeah. Worthy's job is not open. All yeah. right, so. It, it, every job's not open. It's not open competition. He didn't mean that literally. But for the quarterback job, it's it's Quinn yours. But I do think it's smart when you have Arch Manning. And now we learn about Malik having the injury. Mm-hmm. With his injury, hell, Arch Manning may be your backup. Mm-hmm. That guy's your backup. You basically got to treat him like a starter, considering the history of Texas Football and the quarterback position in the last twenty some years. Well, I'll go a step further. In the last in the last twenty seasons, so that's two thousand three to last season, there have been five seasons in there where Texas went wire to wire with the same starting quarterback where you did not need the backup to come in and play meaningful snaps. Do I think if you go back to just Mac Brown, I believe you've only had maybe six seasons? Playing one quarterback throughout the entire season. Yeah. Mac Brown yeah, came in 98. 08, 18, 19. I'm talking about going back to like 98. Mac Brown's first year. Yeah. Yeah. All right. When did Mac, Mac Brown in 98? He had played multiple quarterbacks two, in 98. Two right? at least, yeah. Yep, because you had your major Applewhite situation mm, yeah, there, and that's he's a freshman yeah. and all that kind of stuff. So 99, yeah. he ends up playing two because Sims, Sims ends up playing at the end. So you're talking about since Mac Brown's ago, we're talking about six seasons. Well, you've had one quarterback play the entire season. O two, 05, 08, 18, and 19 would be the obvious ones with those yeah. guys. You can't even say 18 because Sam only played like six oh, snaps in the Baylor game. Yeah, he missed he had the Baylor game. Yeah, so it, it, it ain't a lot, man. And did yeah. you say 09? No, well, oh, I took it out because Garrett Yeah, you have to take 09 out because Garrett yeah, Gilbert played. Yeah, that's like, oh, two, oh, five, damn, oh, actually, no, you're right. I, I think about that because yeah. you're right. That's actually oh, one. is Sims for oh, sure. 09 I put in there because of Colt, but you're right. He, the the yeah. Nationals had a game. Oh, 05 with, oh, oh, with Vince because whether he was hurt or got benched, whichever you want to believe, Chance Mock yeah. had to finish the Missouri game. So we're talking about 02, 05. 08. 2010, you didn't because Jevin Sneed had to come in. No, that was 06. That was 06. Uh, 2010 with Garrett Gilbert. So we aren't. And then Sam in 2019. Sam in so yeah, you're right. You're right. It's six, six, right? Yeah. It, 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 what were you gonna say? That's Matt? unbelievable. I was thinking the Cart McCoy game maybe happened. Then was that? That was 06. Oh, that was 06. Yeah. It's crazy. Colt got hurt in Manhattan. Jevin Sneed came in to finish. He started the the A and M game at home. And that was when Michael oh, Bennett and Kellen Hurd took the wow. cheap shots on him. That's that's yeah. So you better have them ready. Whoever your backup is, I'll take a step further, Rod. Sark's two years into this job, right? Both years, one for performance issues and one for health. He needed to go to the backup quarterback to start by game three. Come on, man. That's why Art. That's why it's an open competition. And at this yeah. point, given Malik Murphy's injury history, if I'm Sark and AJ Milwee, I'm saying it's more likely than not that Arch is QB two. And that's why you are, you know, right now telling Arch he's giving Arch the same spiel that we're 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 giving on Longo and Blitz yeah. right now. I was like, no man, you're gonna play. Like, you don't have to be at the mindset of, do I have to be the starter have to win this job? No, no. You just got to be in the mindset of getting better every day because you go, we going we gonna to need you to play. We're going to hey. need both of our quarterbacks. Uh, just the way it's been. Unfortunately, we, we might, we, on wood. Yeah, we might. Sark, Sark and A.J. Miller can say, look, we might have one of those years where Quinn just stays healthy and plays great, and you might get the red shirt. But you need to get your mind right that you might not. Yeah, the history of Texas football tells you. You need to prepare like a, to not and that's, play. And that's even why. modern day football, I mean, you see it everywhere to where like the backup quarterback men- mentally has to prepare that week because you don't want to go into the game, a guy get hurt, 
and then you aren't ready and you suck. Oh, no doubt. So That's you have to go into the, that game like it's a game week, like preparing at the level of a starter, even if you're just a back. No, the NFL's just figured out. I mean, you can look at the, the teams that played in the Super Bowl. They yeah, both have Nick to have their backups to, come yeah. in. Hell, I know Jalen Hurst this year had to have their yep. backup come yeah. in. Uh, the Kansas City had to have their backup Penny. come in. Dak Prescott had Cooper to have Rush. Yeah, Cooper Rush. Yeah, I mean, almost every – hell, look at the Ravens. Hell, you had third string. The, the Ravens had like that third string. <laughs> Fifth string Niners. Your boy Shannon ran out of quarterbacks. Yeah, their third string in there. Skyler Thompson was playing in a play playoff game. Dude, I don't know why teams haven't figured out the quarterback is the most valuable position in football. Everything valuable in our life, our health, our cars, our house, we take insurance out on them. That's what the backup quarterback position is. It's just insurance. And if you don't invest in insurance, you know it's going to come back to bite you when the fit hits the shan. And it happened in the NFL a ton. Yeah. And I think I would think I think you're right, Matt. I think it's at every level of elite football. You just need to invest in your backup. Your backup's going to have to play. Yeah. Unless you're really, really lucky. If you, unless you're going to run pure and just have good luck you're all really the way lucky. through. Yeah. The, the, that's why like VY. Josh Allen did Joe Burrow. It's, it's rare though for a guy to play the entire season. Yeah, I know. Like I know. We joke, Rod. Josh about Allen you. got hurt. I yeah. know. We joke about your boy Nordco, and trust me, no, I don't think anybody ever has enjoyed being the backup quarterback at Texas more than Matt Nordgren has. We joke about the Nordco lifestyle, <laughs> but man, at high level college football and in the NFL, backup quarterbacks got to be the toughest job because, like Matt said, you it's it's almost like you get the foreplay, but you don't get the rest of it. Right? You got to prepare. You got to prepare like you're going to play. Then yeah. when it comes time for the rubber to meet the road, it's like, okay, I'm just going to sit over here. And with if the, you don't my baseball cap and my headset, yeah. you're labeled as you suck. Yeah. That's why. That's why they only got to do it like once or twice. But it's becoming more and more, in my opinion, more and more valuable. Seventeen games now in the mm-hmm. NFL. You're playing more games. Even in college now, we're proposing playing more games, mm-hmm. adding to the playoff, that kind of stuff. I just think teams it, just have to invest it because quarterbacks are now running more. Because quarterback is a position now where. They're more athletic than they ever been before. And I was just looking at the, the NFL did set a record this year for the most starting quarterbacks that even without the 17th game, by the way, yep. the most starting quarterbacks that have ever played in a NFL season. So, yeah, I mean, it's happening everywhere. Even I mean, taking no the college game, right? Ohio State had to win a national championship with a third string quarterback. Look at the mm-hmm. Big 12. Yeah. The Big 12. I mean, look at the Big 12. Max Duggan is Max a backup Duggan, quarterback. Yeah. All right, look at Oklahoma. Oklahoma would have been a damn near contender this year if not for their quarterback being falling out. Will Howard. Will, Will Howard. I mean, yeah, I mean, all across the Big 12. Hell, I think, honestly, in the Big 12, only Iowa State had their quarterback the whole year. Jalen Daniels goes out for Kansas. Yeah. Uh, Caleb Oklahoma, Williams, Oklahoma State he went, went down was the whole reason. Oklahoma State went through three. Yeah, they went through. Oh, yeah. Tech went through three. Tech went through. Everybody in the Big 12, I won't say Iowa State had to play a backup. How did Baylor? Right? With Deckers? No, maybe, right. maybe Baylor did. I think Blake Shapin. No, he did. He went out, I think. No, yeah, one. he was out because there he was another out for guy like back one, there. Yeah, it was, yeah, I feel like one. It was It was weird. Maybe like it, during one game he left for a little mm-hmm. while. Kyron so Jones started a game maybe. I thought about played that. most of the game. I don't yeah. know if he started a game, but I thought Blake Shapin left the game. I agree. I don't know if I don't know if the other guy started, though. West Virginia did Daniels? Oh, that may be one. Maybe they did too. Maybe yeah. they. I'm not sure. No, Jay Daniels got. Oh yeah, they got benched. benched. Oh, he got yeah. benched. You're he right. just got but, benched. Okay, but look, right. that's a good point. So I, I think it, I, I don't know. It might be two. Maybe yeah. two. I but still, everybody not else had to use much. one. Yeah. yeah. But he, you know, I mentioned Ohio State. Let's stick on the JT Daniels thing. Never forget that when Georgia won the national championship in 21, that that's Bennett didn't begin the year as their starting no, quarterback. JT Daniels did. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. He got benched. He's they the guy, wanna, thro- they he's the guy throwing the deep ball to A.D. Mitchell great whenever point. he runs and points up That's to Arch in the box. Point, actually. You know? I did not think about that either. And it was Drones was the guy for Baylor. Kyrie oh, Drones. so, okay, yeah. Yeah, that, threw 25 passes. Dude, it's unbelievable. I'm telling you, you it, it's it's ridiculous not to invest in your backup these days at the college or the pro level. You are – that's just malpractice, mm-hmm. honestly. Man, like you said, Rod, in the NIL era, the transfer portal era, you churn through that position so much. You do. And then you can do it, but it happens to everybody, though. It would be different if it's a problem that was exclusive to Texas. Oh, yeah. Man, everybody's got that issue at the Power 5 level, Group of 5 level. Man, you everybody's out there is like, it's man, we can stockpile QBs, as many good ones as we can get because yeah. the good ones want to leave and the ones that ain't playing want to leave. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> even small schools have to leave uh, if you're good. Probably if he's good, they want to leave because they're yeah. going to hire exactly. one. Exactly. And if yeah. you're at Texas and you're good, you and you're leave good early. and you ain't playing. Like I'm leaving. Yeah, if you're good, you leave. They always leave. They always, they're like a bad man. There's very few going to be around. Leave you. I'll say I'll say this about Sark. Maybe you can find a couple of instances here and there. But I said this before. I'll say it again. He has done a really good job, and I'll say specifically when it comes to personnel, he has done a really good job of not making public statements that are going to back him into a corner. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, hey, remember when you said you weren't going to play that guy? Is he going to register? Or when you said you were going to play that guy? That's now, now, I'm not saying that stuff doesn't happen behind the scenes. Yeah. That guys aren't told something. But publicly, Sark hasn't said anything that you can go back on and be like, oh, yeah, Sark lied about that. He wasn't honest about yeah. who he was playing. And I don't think he's, even if you do find stuff, I don't think he's lying. I think he's just, it, it's stuff nothing changes. That, or, I don't yeah. think he's intentionally being dishonest or yeah, trying to It's just because it opens yeah, up yeah, a can I of worms of worthless nonsense that, that doesn't need yeah. to even take feel, away from I your job. I pretty authentic. Yeah. We just got on how authentic he is. He yes. probably should have leaked something to the media. He's like, you know what, let me tell him like this. Like, Sark, no, don't do it. But I do, I think Sark's authentic. I'll give him a ton of credit for that. That's, what I, that's part of the reason I love Sark. I think he's genuinely put it out there being authentic Since the beginning when Genuine he got the dude. job, like we, our yeah. first impressions yeah. were like, no, I really think this guy is like yeah. being very transparent yeah. about tra- everything yeah. when he's out there. He's not being fake. I agree with that. I think I, you I know what Sarge I think. Part of, part I, like, of that, though, I like that about him. Yeah, I think that's part of his journey too. Like I've heard people that have, you know, been through the the rehabilitation process or that have oh, dealt with sure. like mental health issues. That when you come out on the other side, the best you realize the best thing you can do to live life the way you want to live it, you have to be authentic. You have, you have to be real with yourself real, before you can be real Amen, with other brother. people. Yes. You know? Um, let, we don't have much time, but I do want to talk about a couple of little nuggets uh, from spring practice. Rod, being out on that field. And by the way, I'll give props to Sark for this too. We're no longer residing. When we go to practice, we're no longer just confined to the end zone at Dean's right. Fields. So we can walk the sideline a little bit. Come on now. So I watched – Monday I just almost watched exclusively watched the defense because I'm like, I never get to see these guys work. I'm like looking at it through binoculars and it's it it's pain. Rod, look at these DBs up close. Like, this is a damn good-looking group of defensive backs they got right now. Like, physically on the hoof. Like, Terrence Brooks looks like an NFL corner. Yeah. Ryan Watts looks like an NFL corner. Jaday Barron looks like an NFL defensive back. It's been a minute since you can look at that position group and be like, yeah, they got a few guys here that are going to have a chance to play in the league. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. I like that group, and I think that'll be your starting you know, corners pretty much. And I know it's not official with Terrence Brooks, but from what I've seen, I was saying it after the bowl game, and he's the guy. Yeah, cause It's his could, job to lose, in my opinion. You could see his development throughout the year. Like They were giving him snaps when Watts first went down, and you saw him sort of rotating in with a handful of guys. But by the end of the year, like you could see him making plays that stood out, like in the bowl game. Yep. Jalen Catalan. Jalen Catalan is a lot. He's a lot. Uh, he's a lot thicker. bulkier, thicker yeah. than I thought he's he would like, be. Yeah, I agree. It, it, I, I, 
I actually had somebody describe him the same way. They say, man, you see him, he's all. I think it's like more. He's more tighter wound, yeah. than you would think, yeah. Right, just the body, mm-hmm. the, the body type, and yeah. what he's built. But I don't know. Some people would say that's probably why you you know you deal with injuries more too. I mean, those are mm-hmm. that was one of my my big complaints about uh, Jay Witt was like, hey man, you might need some yoga. We talked about that. Right? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. just well, Get just your Pilates. flexibility as a. I mean, it really does. I mean, flexibility is a big part of being able to you know to to fight injuries and things of that nature. So yeah. I do wonder for him too if that's something he needs to explore. And you know, I, I mean, he's had. Was it a shoulder injury? Yes. Yes. Ever since Recurring. basically that game against Texas, he hasn't. And was playing. he had a? Yeah. So that trust me, your boy has shoulder injuries too. Uh, that's a different issue, but flexibility can help with that. Roger, you know what I would do? You can appreciate this being an H town guy. Any guy that's thinking about, oh, I just need to bulk up and add size, I would show them a picture of David Boston, then start reading <laughs> off David Boston's injury history and be like, just adding bulk is not necessarily the best thing. That's not necessarily the best thing, man. You want to add flexibility with speed yes. and strength. <sighs> Bulk helps at certain positions, but most places you just want strength. David yeah, Boston had bulk. muscles on muscles. He did, man. Yeah, there's a lot of rumors out there. Yeah, other things. On the, he, was <laughs> on, <laughs> he was on that Cushing workout. Yeah, I'm saying a little, uh, little rumor in your yeah, window floating yeah, around. Yeah. The, the reason Houston why like, the people like him and Cushing and Mays yeah. all have that body exactly. type. Yeah, even in H-Town back in the day, it was like, oh, they're doing something up there. Oh, yeah, they? yeah, they're doing something. So Umble Umble was a place yeah. where it's like, hey. Uh, that was, I'm just saying. I mean, I'm not rule. saying. but rumors out there. I'm yeah, just there, saying. There's a place in town that was very similar to that, not far from here. So the other group that I was watching was, man, just looking at some of these freshmen, like Jonte Cook, like it's weird that guys can walk right into a program and like look like they fit. Like Jonte Cook is like that dude looks like he's been in a college strength program for a year and a half. Does he really? Yeah. Is he already bigger than? Uh, is he bigger than X Man already? Yeah. Oh yeah. I'd say the same thing about DeAndre Moore too. Like yeah. these guys look like they belong. Right. It's kind of like when uh, Roy Williams and B.J. Johnson and Sloan Thomas showed up, and it's like, dude. These young cats guys. might be the three best looking dudes in this room. Yeah, I remember. There's some guys they show up like that. I mean, mm-hmm. they just Shit. look the part too. D- Derek Johnson, Derek Johnson was like that when we saw him. Was like, damn, he looks already like he's ready to go. Yeah, and I don't and say that, no, yeah. no weight room or nothing. He's and I don't say this because you're sitting here, Rod. But man, you look at you get up close look at like, and I've seen some of these guys just in like walking around campus or whatever on you know recruiting stuff. But man, you watch like on the field, you see like Peyton Kirkland or Sadir Mitchell. Even like Tavondre Sweat, how much he's filled out. You got to go back to like Lionel Gar, Will Winston, Stevie Lee, like that crew you were with to find the to find the last time Texas had guys that were just this massive, big humans. Yeah, I, I mean they they it's a literal saying, but they their philosophy they want big human beings who have a lot of athleticism. They'll mold them, they'll coach them, they'll develop them. The one thing that they cannot coach or develop, and they believe, is just size. Yeah. And if I can get size with athleticism, so this, go what a lot of these guys, they you know, basketball players, they're track and field, they got good feet, um, and that's part of I think you know uh, Kyle Flood's whole approach to everything. So yeah, I, you, I like look it. at the D line last year that they, they started yeah. to look like they were on their own level. Like there were very few college teams that were that size and athletic. Yeah, I'm just gonna run down some of these weights because you remember like we had that transitional year where. Charlie Strong recruited a bunch of big guys, and Charlie was going down that road. And then Tom Herman said, "A lot of these guys are too fat, and I need to slim some down." And rec- that. you know, they just had that transition. But here, just, just <laughs> I mean, think about the last time you saw a Texas team with this kind of size. I'll just start guys that are three ten plus: Malik Ogbo, three twelve; Alfred Collins, three thirteen; Cole Hudson, three fourteen; Connor Robertson, Hayden Connor, also three fourteen; 
Kelvin Banks, 318. Christian Jones, 322. Nato Mayazulu, 325. DJ Campbell, 332. Tavondre Sweat, 355. Andre Kojo, 358. Sadir Mitchell, 359. Cameron Williams, 360. Connor Stroh, 365. Peyton Kirkland, 367. So there are six guys over mm-hmm. 357. Good Lord, this <laughs> yeah. is a massive-looking team. No, they're, yeah. they're huge. I mean, they, they want to play bully ball. That's some Alabama stuff. On both sides of the ball. And, it's yeah, that's their, that is their blueprint going into the SEC. And mm-hmm. they believe that's part. That's why, what, what is Sark like? Sark likes speed on the outside. All right, he wants speed on the outside, and he wants massive human beings on the inside. So we'll see if it works. I like it, too. I think it's a. A great formula. Yeah. We'll get more into spring ball next week. Uh, I don't know how much more we're going to see this week, if any, but if we do, we'll talk about it. And all. There's plenty of observations from Monday that we can talk about, any news notes and nuggets that come out of camp. Remember, they got two two more practices this week, then they're off next week for spring break, and then come back and uh, get that uh, really, man, after – so next week's spring break, then the week after they're doing four practices, they'll be at the halfway point at that point before the spring game. So, yeah, it's crazy how fast it gets here, crazier how fast it goes. But uh, that's going to do it for this week's show. Matt, thanks for everything, man. You're more than welcome. Rob, we appreciate the time and the knowledge. Anytime, brother. Anytime. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition the two-way v4 gives you the tools to play at a high level learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com for matt for rod for everybody at the austin radio network and the horn 104 9101 on am 1260 streaming on the horn app at hornfm.com you can get rod b and mike hard each and every weekday on ball don't lie from three to seven shameless plug you can also get myself and craig way on light the tower from 10 to noon thanks to matt get all of our archives our classic interviews and shows are available on the longhorn blitz soundcloud page yep just type in longhorn blitz eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Search Horns 24-7 anywhere you get your podcast. That's Horns 247. No dashes, no slashes, no spaces. Click that follow button to get every episode of The Blitz when it drops on Tuesdays. And don't forget to leave us a five-star review. For the Horn family, for the Horns 24-7 family, I'm Jeff Howe. Thank you so much for downloading and listening. And we will catch you again on the next episode. You've been listening to Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Remember, for the latest Longhorn news 24-7, visit Horns247.com.
Baseball has begun, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today in 5, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Samphill, every Monday through Saturday as we deliver all of your fantasy baseball needs in just five minutes. We'll break down the biggest performers, news, and prospects who could make an impact this season. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found.